Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Early this week, it became clear to me what I would be talking about in this week's podcast. I spoke to a young man earlier this week who is taking steps that he knows are necessary to move forward in the career path or the career field that he believes the Lord is calling him to pursue, and he just hit a wall. Well, what do I mean by that? He was disheartened because he just felt that he wasn't grasping the information. He felt that he wasn't retaining all of this information that he was studying, those things that he needed to do in order to prepare for this next step in his journey. And so the fact that he wasn't able to get it caused him to just um, to lead to this sense of frustration. And that sense of frustration that he couldn't do anything about it led him to this place of anger. And then I spoke to a lady who I didn't know personally, but who was referred to me because she was looking for a place, a ministry where her husband could get connected with other men. And when I spoke to her, wow, did she unload. She was frustrated over the fact that her husband had no one outside of her, no group, no circle of men with whom he could unload his emotions, his emotions, meaning his doubts, his fears, his insecurities, his frustrations, and yes, even his anger. And it had gotten to the place so much so where this um, lady said, this sister said, he must And she stressed he must find someone else to talk to or else she said she didn't know how long their marriage would last. Wow. And then I spoke to another young lady who is trying to decide what she really wants to do with her life. Her dilemma is that she has so many things that she can do and so many things that she's good at that she just doesn't know which one to pursue. She doesn't know which way to go. She doesn't know what to do. And I call this the, quote, analysis of paralysis, end quote, syndrome. And that is you're analyzing and you're weighing all of your options. But in the meantime, you're not doing anything to move forward in your destiny or move forward in your pursuits. And I want to pause right here. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Analyzing a plan, being methodical, being deliberate is good. It absolutely is. But At some point after you've done your analysis, at some point after you've done your methodical research, at some point after you've been deliberate and you've deliberated over this issue, you have to act. You have to move, right? Finally, there's a young lady who I know is pursuing her career as well. And she's a wife. She's a mother. She's got small children. And there's this um, big daunting task ahead of her. Where do I find the time to study? Where do I, I find the time to prepare for these exams? How do I find the time to spend time with my husband? And then I don't want to cheat my kids out of their time with mom. All of these things going on and it can be frustrating. And the common thread, yes, of all of these scenarios that I just um, um, read to you, that I just um, spoke to you, is the common scenario or the common factor in all of them is the F word. Yes, that's right. The F as in Frank word. Frustration, right? All of us at some point in our lives have faced frustration. 
The question becomes, what steps do we take to move past the frustration? Or what do we do? What actions do we take to move past this frustration? And yes, you already know where I'm headed. Let's look to the word of God to see what solutions it offers us. Let's start with Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 from the New King James Version, and it reads, And let us not grow weary while well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. As we go about our days, things will come up that bother us. Depending on how much we focus on those things, that'll determine how much they bother us, right? We've all been there. Most of us will do our best each day, right? We don't purposely go out to try to sabotage our lives or to look for things that upset us and frustrate us. However, against our best intentions, life happens and we find ourselves at a point of frustration, right? And so God knows this happens and and his will for our lives is to strengthen us and to grow our patience and tolerance for these things. And just like he's patient with us and he's gracious with us, he wants to be patient and gracious with others. And I have to say this as well and with ourselves, family, if you're like me, sometimes I can be my own worst critic and I know I'm not the only one. I'm going to say this to you. It is okay to give yourself some grace. It is okay to say, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to get it right every single time. I don't have to be a husband or wife perfect or mommy or dad perfect, perfect or employee, employer perfect. I don't have to be. It's okay to give ourselves some grace and say, I'm not on my best game today. But God does want us to press on in doing what is good, even when it's hard. And in doing this, we are effectively lining ourselves up for his blessings. Whatever those blessings may be for our individual lives, whatever those things are that God has called us to do individually, we are lining ourselves up when we are doing good and we're pressing on even when it gets hard. Because I'm so reminded of Solomon where he says, there's nothing new under the sun and this too shall pass. So we've got to continue to press on. And I love what Psalm says and our psalmist says in the book of Psalms 62 verses five through eight. And I love the New Living Translation. So I'm going to read Psalm 62 verses five through eight from the New Living Translation. And it reads, let all that I am quietly wait before God for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. You see, when we are frustrated, it feels like nothing will change. And that's very key. It feels like nothing will change. It feels like no matter what we do or how hard we try, that we will come up short. And again, God wants us to apply patience to the situation and seek him. God is a God of victory and safety. That's what the psalmist is telling us here, that God is a God of victory and a God of safety. If we are going to do good and trying to walk with him, 
even though difficult times will surely come about, guess what? He will help us get through those times. And this is a great place to pause and to do a praise break and to give God praise because all we have to do, even this very moment, is to reflect on how he has come through for us in the past. And I know if you're like me, all I can say is thank you, Father, that you have shown yourself and you've proven yourself to be faithful in the past and you've helped me to get through those tough times in the past. And so if you've done it before, I think there's a song, right? I know you'll do it again. And so if we find that we are frustrated or moving into anger, we must realize that we are hanging on to too much of the issue, right? Instead, take a five minute break. Take some time out. Go somewhere. Take a quick break. Take a take a take a take a moment to talk to God. And give whatever that issue is to him. You see, this is a reminder that whatever we focus on, that thing that we focus on is the thing that captures our thoughts. It captures our attention. It captures our imagination. And as a result, it dictates our emotions. So instead of focusing on that problem, instead of focusing on that issue, instead of focusing on that person that so frustrates us, right? Instead, focus on how big um, our God is. Let's not focus on the problem. Let's focus on how big our God is. And then we will soon find that our problem pales in comparison to how big, how glorious, how wondrous, how mighty, how awesome, how incredible, how powerful our God is. Right. And so, you know what? If a person is frustrating us, God wants us to act in love towards that person. Yes, even our spouses, even our children, and even our mama, daddy, cousins, aunties, uncles, and the people who are close to us. Don't we find that the people who are closest to us are the ones who frustrate us the most, right? But here it is. If we don't give those issues to God, God sees that too. And then we must, it's incumbent upon us to make it right with that person and with God. And it's better to keep that situation as positive as possible and take a break and to seek refreshing from God than to give that individual, quote, a piece of your mind or a piece of my mind, end quote, right? We must be aware that the enemy will use any and every situation to upset us and get us off of God's path. And when we give into that anger, when we give into that frustration, we will struggle to walk in the spirit of God. And this is a tactic that's been common from the beginning of time, right? That Satan uses to get us off path, to get us off the course. And so we must learn to recognize his attacks against us and turn towards God in these situations. When we feel that anger rising, when we feel that frustration bubbling, we have to pause and say, no, not today. I see you coming for me, enemy, but no, not today. I'm not going to give in. And let me be clear, family. I'm not saying that we can't get angry. That is not what I'm saying. Anger is a natural human emotion. It is a God-given emotion. However, the Bible tells us what to do with our anger. In Ephesians 4 and 26, it says, be angry and do not sin. So in other words, it's saying, let Let's not let our anger take control of us. Don't get to the place where um, we'll do something that we'll be sorry for later. Because, again, the Bible makes it clear to us here in the sense that um, in Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse 10, where it says for godly sorrow, 
produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted. Come on, somebody. But the sorrow of the world leads to death. So if we're going to do something that's not that we're feeling sorry for and it leads to death, that is not of God. But if there's a a godly sorrow, it'll lead us to repentance because we got to go to that individual who we gave a piece of our mind or to that loved one or that family member, that friend or whoever it may be. We've got to go to them and repent and say, I'm so sorry. Right. But one of the best things we can do in these situations is hold our tongue. And I don't mean that we take that frustration and we pack it down deep in our souls, never to be spoken of again. But instead, let's bite our tongue when we want to say something to someone, when we want to lash out right in the heat of the moment. But in that very moment, instead of lashing out, if possible, go to the Lord in prayer And ask the Lord and pray about it and seek him for help on that very issue. And when we do it this way, God will give us the wisdom and the understanding, right? And with this, we can know how to better handle irritating and annoying situations and people in our lives without getting us frustrated and upset. And the more that we practice going to re- directly to God, when we see something getting the better of us, the better we get at maintaining a stable um, emotion in high stress situations. And when we walk with stable emotions, we can focus more on maintaining our good example as a believer in Jesus Christ. We can um, maintain that focus on being that living epistle, being that example that is pleasing to God here in the earth. Right. And so I'll close with this Philippians 413. Yes, most of you know it. It's a very familiar scripture from the New King James Version. And it reads, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So in times of frustration, we can start to feel powerless. And that's what brings on the frustration. That's real talk. The more that we realize we are powerless to fix a situation, the more frustrated we can get. And the more we try to manage the situation without giving it to God, the more frustrated we'll get in that situation. And guess what? God's going to say, I'm going to let you have it then. You trying to handle it. Go ahead and handle it. And so God says, I'm going to let you handle it. But here's the end. He wants us to learn to trust in him. He wants us to learn to give every single situation over to him. For God is the master teacher in everything he does. He's teaching us a lesson. There's a lesson in everything that he allows to come in our lives. There's a lesson. So my question I always ask is, God, what are you teaching me? You see, his goal for each of us, ah, Lord God, is to build us up and to bring us to a state of maturity in him, to bring us to a state of maturity in all good things. And he wants us to look at Jesus our key mentor, our key example. And he wants us to work tirelessly towards becoming just like him. And so when we avoid emotions like frustration, anger, hate, rage, and yes, even depression, then he can mold our hearts to demonstrate his love, to demonstrate courtesy, to demonstrate kindness, to demonstrate respect, and yes, even peace in the midst of the storm. And of course, we don't possess the power in and of our own strength to go up against the enemy. You see, he is a master, um, a master tactic guy in wreaking havoc in our lives and wreaking havoc um, in our lives through our emotions. But this is why Jesus tells us that we can do everything through him, not in and of our own strength. 
The Lord Jesus is powerful against the enemy. And when we walk according to his will with him in our hearts, we can draw on that same power and we are assured victory over the enemy. So whatever mountain, whatever trial, whatever obstacle, whatever situation or circumstances you might be facing right now that seems insurmountable, that seems unconquerable, please know that nothing is impossible for God. You see, in Matthew 19 and 26, Jesus was talking to his disciples and this is what he was saying to them. He says, but Jesus looked at them and he said to them, quote, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible, end quote. So you see, it really doesn't matter what you're facing. In that particular situation, the disciples were asking him, they were like, how does one get into, this was the parable of the, the rich man trying, it would be easier for the rich man to go through a, a camel, to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich man to get to heaven. And the disciples were saying, but master, we've, we've given up all to follow you. I don't, I don't understand. How do we get to heaven? And the Lord was reassuring them, listen, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So some of you may be facing sickness in your bodies. I mean, you may have been diagnosed with cancer, diabetes, um, whatever it may be, COVID-19. Some of you are facing some really tough familial situations. Some of you are in relationships that are not the healthiest relationships in your life. Some of you are on jobs that you hate getting up to go to work every day in the morning. Some of you are struggling in school. It doesn't matter. Whatever the issue is, whatever the situation, whatever the challenge, whatever the obstacle, whatever it is that you're facing, you must know that with God, all things are possible. So look to him, depend on him, trust in him, and don't allow the frustration of that situation, that circumstance to shake you from the path that God has set you on. Don't allow it to shake you from your destiny where you know that you know that you know that God has called you and you have to push through the frustration in order to get into your promise. And God is faithful as he has proven himself over and over again to deliver us and to take us from that place of frustration into our place of destiny. And so remember, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.